Welcome, everybody, to the Northern Fathers podcast. I'm Father Will. And I'm Father Matt. And today we have some kind of exciting news. So we've been working on uh, a new logo. And thanks to Faith Booblets, we have an awesome new logo for our podcast. And we have a separate uh, account set up now through iTunes podcast for the Northern Fathers. And so we're going to, we're actually going to start to upload all of our new um, episodes through that new account. So what you're going to want to do, you're going to want to make sure you open up your podcast app uh, through iTunes and you want to type in, in your search Northern Fathers. And then you're going to see this little blue logo of a cartoon version of Father Matt and I holding axes. It's pretty cool. Uh, special shout out and thanks to Faith uh, Bublis for, for designing that for us. And so beginning today, we're going to really switch everything over to that. So make sure to go again to your podcast app, check out Northern Fathers and subscribe. And then that way you can give us reviews. Oh, no. <laughs> Just be kind. Be kind. Be kind, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, how are you doing on this wonderful Friday, Father Matt? It's good. You know, it was we had a special thing today with uh, the Pope um, doing his Orbi et Orbi et Orbi. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, a blessing that's typically done, you know, for the people in the square, um, but except on Christmas and Easter and today, that blessing extended to people throughout the world. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. We got to spend some time with Pope Francis in prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament, remotely, of course, like none of us are in St. Peter's Square. Um, but it was really beautiful. Uh, he had offered it. If you haven't had a chance to, to watch it, I really encourage you to uh, or to read the text of his reflection. Um, it was really, really beautiful, very moving. Um, I thought what he had to say was just perfect for what we need in the world today. It was just so beautiful. And, uh, and I'm super grateful for the uh, plenary indulgence. That's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I, I think indulgences are something that uh, people have a lot of questions about. Um, and, oh, yeah. And so we want to spend some time today talking about <laughs> indulgences. That was a perfect transition, Father Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, indulgences. Yeah, kick it off, Father Matt. <laughs> now I'll chime in. Well, you usually... You know, it first gets brought up to people when they say, "I, well, yeah, I mean, indulgences were those, those things that we did back in the Middle Ages, but the church did away with it, right? Because it, it was something really bad. And, and the response is, well, no, I mean, actually, indulgences are something really good, and we still have them with the church. However, they were uh, being uh, misconstrued, misappropriated, just abused, you could say, at the time. Um, and so rightfully so, the church actually made, you know, some, I don't know, they responding to the criticism, the church made some healthy adjustments to it and the way of responding like so that they wouldn't be abused, but continue to be held up in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, it was uh, the Council of Trent where they first made those adjustments, which was in large response to the Protestant Reformation. And, you know, Luther was very much against uh, indulgences and the selling of indulgences. And so the church responded um, as fast as it could. You know, things were much different in the 16th century than they are now. So, um, but yeah, what, what we thought we'd do is just kind of take a moment today, describe what indulgences are, where do they come from in scripture and why they're uh, still important in the life of the church? And um, an image that I like to use, um, and um, 
Normally I talk about a broken window, like breaking somebody's window, but I'm going to choose a little different one in light of our activity last night. So last night, Father Matt and I began working on a puzzle, uh, so which was really exciting and also frustrating. Uh, there are 1,000 pieces in this puzzle. And we felt every piece. <laughs> <laughs> we got the edges done and we got a few tiny little chunks done. So it's, it's going to be a uh, quarantine project that we work on for a while now. But um, So let's say... Uh, theoretically, let's say I put together the puzzle by myself, which let's be real, is, is never going to happen. I need a lot of help, especially from Father Matthew. You learn a lot about people when you're doing puzzles. <laughs> I learned that you are really good. I, I might have you three out of four in Catan, but you got me out of you got me on puzzles every single time. But but let's just say I put together the puzzle, and let's say that Father Matt, you get mad at me. And, un, and it's not a righteous anger. It's an unrighteous anger. And you just decide out of your anger to just knock the puzzle off the table and break it all into a bunch of pieces, right? There would be two things that would need to happen. The first is you would have to come to me and say, oh, Father Will, I'm really, really sorry. I shouldn't have been angry. I shouldn't have destroyed your puzzle, right? And I would need to offer you forgiveness, right? That's the first thing. But the, the second thing is you would then need to like help repair the situation, right? You would need to help put the puzzle back together. And that makes sense. In fact, it's a lot like confession. You know, you go to confession, you have sorrow for your sins, you ask for forgiveness. The priest gives you that forgiveness, and then he gives you a penance. And that penance is to help make reparation for the damage done by your sins, right? There are consequences for everything we do, and especially our sins, there are spiritual consequences. And so we seek out of a repentant heart to want to repair the damage as best we can. Now, we can't do that completely all by ourselves, right? If we could make up, quote unquote, for our sins by our own merits, we wouldn't need Jesus, right? So we're not seeking to make it up completely by our own efforts, but we're seeking to begin that process of repairing the damage, right? And so, Father Matt, you would need to help put the puzzle back together, right? That's the reparation. And that's kind of where indulgences come into play. Indulgences are to help repair the damage done by our sins, right? And so it presumes, first and foremost, that we have a contrite heart. That normally, uh, the, today's was a little bit of an exception, but normally it requires that we go to confession. That um, it's reparation for sins committed and sins forgiven. And partial indulgence means that um, the penance that we undergo through the indulgence um, repairs part of the damage that's done. So let's say in putting back together the puzzle, Father Matt does a uh, some spiritual act that functions as a partial indulgence. Um, it would be like that act helping put the frame together. Or maybe, you know, the, the puzzle we're working on has a boat. And so maybe it would help put that boat together. Um, and a plenary or a full indulgence is one that helps repair all of the spiritual consequences of that sin right? So it's helping us put the puzzle back together in full, right? So that, that's kind of a way to look at indulgences. And I, to me, that's a really helpful image because now I'm understanding like the human act of wronging somebody and the consequences of that act. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you'd say that receiving the indulgence is, it's, it's not just you doing it, but you're receiving the grace to make uh, a partial or a full reparation or um, healing, so to speak, yeah. um, that, that's more than you could do on your own. Yeah, it's Christ, I think, who does it. 
And it's us more uniting ourselves partially or fully to the work of Christ and repairing the damage done by sin. Yeah, I, I have an image that I kind of like. It's an analogy, which all analogies limp in some ways. Of course. But, you know, um, you think about uh, geocaching, because each, uh, each indulgence requires some sort of participation, some sort of action that unites you with the larger body, the body of Christ. And so it's like you, but you have to do the work, right? So you have to, I don't know, say the prayers, do the action and, you know, tune in today with the Pope or whatever. And so geocaching, you have to go, you do the work and, and what do you do? But you encounter this uh, treasury of, um, of other people, of, of community um, that you're united with. And then you receive something from that. But, but the difference is that with an indulgence is it, it's my participation, my action that unites me with the body of Christ and Christ. And yet the difference is though, with an indulgence, I receive so much more than, than I'm putting in, so Absolutely. to speak. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm putting in a little investment or whatever, and I'm receiving so much more grace uh, that God is doing so much more, which, which in, in some sense, in my mind is every sacrament, you know, you and I, we at Mass, you know, the people of God, we bring forth bread and wine. And what do we receive from that? Jesus himself. We receive God. The like greatest you, gift ever. You can't even compare. You, you can't compare. Like, you're bringing just these little things, but you're receiving so much more from God himself, which is which is our salvation, that every sacrament we're... Yeah, and so, so God is wanting to offer us this treasury of his love and grace and help for our salvation, and he invites us to to participate in that, to respond, but to, to act with that. Yeah. And the act of, um, entering into an indulgence, um, you know, through prayer or through works, what it does is it conforms me more toward like Christ. It makes me more like Jesus Christ, you know? And so there, it's a beautiful gift. Like it, we have to remember it's not earning anything because everything is given as gift. And even the opportunity to do an, or to receive an indulgence is a gift that comes from God, right? We can't earn it, you know? But what Christ does is he finds ways of incorporating us even more into it, participating even more into the work that he wants to do in healing humanity, not just forgiving humanity, but healing humanity and healing the consequences of the choices that we've made, especially our sinful ones, you know? The ones that are, are gravely sinful. You know, a lot of people, uh, we this kind of comes down to the struggle between God's justice and God's mercy, you know, and there's a temptation to want to uh, almost treat like one getting consumed by the other, you know, like uh, God's justice gets consumed by his mercy, but that's not what we believe as Catholics. We believe that his justice and his mercy are held together, united in a bond of love, right? And this kind of leads to uh, some of the scripture passages where we find kind of the root of the theology of indulgences and even purgatory as well. There's that, the scene in 2 Samuel that, uh, where David, he's just committed adultery with Bathsheba, and he's sent off Bathsheba's husband Uriah um, into battle to die uh, because Bathsheba is pregnant. And Nathan, God's prophet, uh, finds out about it. Like God reveals that to him. And so Nathan comes to David and calls him out on his sinfulness. And David has this, King David has this incredible repentant heart. Like he realizes how wrong he was. Um, he shows sorrow for his sin, and um, 
Nathan tells him, like, God has forgiven you, but you have to experience the consequences of your sin. Like, God has forgiven you, but there are consequences to it. And the consequence for David was that the child that he and Bathsheba conceived was going to die in the womb, you know? Um, that this child, or maybe it was right after, I can't remember, right after birth, but this child didn't survive. And David does acts of penance, of course, but he has to suffer the consequences of the choice that he made, even though God forgave him, right? And then we see it come up again in 2 Maccabees. After a battle, uh, the Jews uh, take a moment to pray for their deceased comrades. Uh, they pray for them, uh, that there is a deeper purification of them of their souls uh, in death, right? And then Judah uh, brings, uh, makes a uh, uh, financial offering to Jerusalem on behalf of his dead comrades, again, for deeper purification of their souls in death. So again, showing this concept of even when we die, there's still this need for repairing the damage done by sin. And uh, we have examples in the Old Testament of prayer and even financial offering as a sacrifice uh, made an act of penance as a kind of indulgence. Is that why we can offer an indulgence for someone who's died then? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in fact, the church teaches that we can apply the indulgence to ourselves or we can apply it to those who are deceased. Um, and the reason why we can't apply it to someone else who's living is because as long as we're alive, the onus, the, 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 the primary work that's needed to repair the damage done by our sins is, well, ourselves, you know? And yes, we are a, a community. We're a communal body, one body in Christ. But there's a, that doesn't lose our per, the personal responsibility we have to take for our sins and repairing the damage that's done. So we can apply an indulgence to ourselves or, or a de deceased relative. And a deceased relative, they're, they're no longer alive to be able to take on that work. And so we can actually really help them and support them um, in that further purification uh, that's needed for them to enter the kingdom of God. It's kind of, it sounds a little bit like when you offer mass for somebody who's deceased, you know, you, yeah. you offer, you know, the, you don't have to, but the suggested offering is $10 uh, for, to have a mass offered. Why do we do that? Well, the, you have some skin in the game, like you're making yeah. your own sacrifice. Yeah. That's right. Um, but, and what does that person receive, but the merits of a mass offered for them, which is huge and, and big and an indulgence, especially a, a plenary indulgence is even greater, but it's a, almost a similar idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, and again, it's just, just it's trying to repair the consequence, consequences and damages done by our sin. And, and that's something that we, we, we don't think of when we're sinning. <laughs> you know, when we're sinning, we're only thinking of ourselves and we're not realizing that there's spiritual consequences to everything that we do. And it's kind of lost on the world today. We think, well, it doesn't affect anybody else, but uh, yeah, in the spiritual world, it does. Every time I sin, it has an effect on the entire body of Jesus, and that has consequences, you know? Right. It sounds like the example you usually give in this case is that, you know, the wind, you know, somebody breaks a window and then you go and apologize. It's like, that's great that you apologize. I forgive you. But the window still broke it. <laughs> and know, it like, needs to be fixed. It's got to be fixed. Like the wind, <laughs> the air, the snow that's coming down right now, it's getting in, you know? Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about indulgences. Um, you know, as a former Protestant, that was one of the things that I'd always heard about the Catholics that was always kind of weirding me out. Like, what's up with that indulgence thing, you know? Um, but again, I think because of abuses and because of, um, you know, s different situations at different times, 
um, it's it's kind of left this scar on the church, uh, but it's not meant to be a scar. It's actually meant to be an incredible blessing. And and even the idea that um, everything I do that helps continue the the reparation, the the healing, the bringing to completion, the good work that God's done in me. But but the church gives us certain instances that are even better that unite me with the larger church. So for example, an indulgence today to be joined with the Pope. Why is that? Well, it, he's saying that that we are all united today as we pray for the end of the coronavirus, COVID-19 virus. And, and, and so in a particular way that is good for me, a Catholic Christian in Flagstaff, Arizona, to be united with Catholics throughout the world as together we, we join ourselves in prayer with the Holy Father for an end to this. And so in a particular way, that, that be uniting myself with the universal church is is to allow God to work uh, in my life and in the body of Christ to bring about my salvation and all of our salvation. Yeah, and you know, you mentioning that about um, Pope Francis and praying for an end to the coronavirus pandemic, uh, that's one of the things that was unique about this indulgence. So normally uh, to receive an indulgence, there are certain requirements you have to do. So you have to receive Holy Communion and go to confession uh, within 20 days of the act of penance that you do for the indulgence uh, or the receiving of the blessing of the indulgence. But since um, people can't get to the sacraments right now, um, the Holy Father actually dispensed with those two requirements. And so, uh, and then normally what happens is there's a series of prayers uh, that you're asked of in addition to uh, confession and Eucharist. And the Holy Father kind of, it sounded like today, it was a little confusing, um, but it sounded like he was saying, if you just uh, make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament and you pray for an end of the pandemic, uh, that suffices today. You know, if you if you watched it or if you wanted to watch it, but you couldn't, um, or if you watch it later uh, and then you make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament and uh, many of our churches are still open. You can't come to Mass, but, or if you just, if you can't get to the Blessed Sacrament, you can't get to the chapel, just offering a prayer for an end to the pandemic, uh, specifically to Our Lady, that um, that you could receive that. Um, at least that's what it sounded like. I'm, I might be wrong. It was kind of confusing because I read one thing, but then it, something was said different on the the live broadcast. But And typically you always have some sort of offering of prayers in for the Holy Father. So you're yeah. praying for the Holy Father's intentions, which you can typically do by saying the creed, maybe our Father, Hail Mary, and glory right. be. Right. And so... Yeah. yeah, and those who watched it today, they actually prayed with the Holy Father, which was really cool. That was, that was something very, very special. And, and I know another question that comes up a lot is, uh, well, how many... I want to get as many of these as I can. How many can I get? <laughs> and it, the church says, actually, no, no, no. One per day. <laughs> you can't do them more one more than one per day. And the reason for that is not because the church wants to limit the amount of reparation we can do for our sins, but because there's a temptation in the midst of that to become very scrupulous, to start to think about our relationship with God only in terms of um, of numbers, to make it quantitative rather than qualitative. And so the church wants to avoid that scrupulosity and wants us to always remember that it's it's not about an exchange of data. It's not about collecting a storehouse of things, but it's about a relationship with a person. And we don't want to lose the qualitative relationship of prayer with Jesus Christ because we're running around trying to store up a bank of indulgences. So what you're saying is even today, it's still possible to abuse indulgences 
and think about them incorrectly. Yep, yeah, absolutely. You're you're right on the money there. As opposed to uh, about a relationship, like you said, in the Lord and yeah, and and I like the idea, you know, praying for the Holy Father, uniting myself with the whole church is, um, it's it's from the church, the body of Christ, that we receive His grace and salvation, the means for salvation. Yeah, and God's generosity is always greater than anything we would do. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, please do. Sometimes I've seen this before where it says, this indulgent, anybody who does this act or says this prayer will receive 300 days <laughs> indulgence. Yeah, we don't we don't talk in those terms. And I, don't, I don't know, so I'm not an expert on indulgences, so I'm not 100% sure that that's how the church officially spoke about indulgences. I know that's how the lay faithful spoke about them. Now, um, a the best explanation I've heard about this is that for God is God is outside of time, right? So a day is but a thousand years and a thousand years is but a day to the Lord. But to us who are in time, like we do seek to to quanti- to have a quantitative analysis of things to help us better understand. And so the idea of 300 years off purgatory, is, is kind of like saying, listen, we don't know how long purgatory is going to be. Uh, it is kind of, a, is there a time to it? I don't know. But if it were a time reality, this kind of indulgence would suffice for this X percentage of that time in purgatory. But but it confuses people. And I think that's why the church has really moved away from, from speaking about or at least the lay faithful now have begun to move away from speaking about it in terms of 300 years, 200 years. And now we speak of it as partial or plenary. Yeah. And I think what I've seen is days. So if they said 300 days, it'd be like, right. in my mind, if you did this prayer, if you were repentant and um, did penance for 300 days, yeah. you know, that's you can receive all of that grace in one shot by doing this special gift uh, opportunity, but I, I think you're right. We don't want to get caught up in that. Instead, yeah. it's it's a relationship, and 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 this is like a special day, you know, like a day when um, the church from the dispensary of, of grace, so to speak, that 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 God is being uber generous with us. And so, what do we do? He's just inviting us to receive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's lots of indulgences you can get. Uh, I don't know them all off the top of my head. I know doing Stations of the Cross, especially Fridays during Lent, is another way you can get a plenary indulgence. Um, again, uh, confession, communion is normally uh, required for that within 20 days, either before or after. Uh, and then, of course, uh, prayers for the Holy Father, which is usually uh, an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be, or something along those lines. So, uh, But you can look them up. Indulgences are really fascinating. Um, Catholic Answers has... A uh, really good treatment on indulgences. You can check out their website. They got some really good stuff there. They give a good explanation of it. Uh, it's very helpful. So, cool. Well, again, before we close out in prayer, just a reminder to all of you, we have switched to a new platform. Um, we have a new Northern Fathers account through iTunes, through the podcast uh, app on your phone. So if you go in there, Google Northern Fathers, you'll see this blue image of Father, a cartoon version of Father Matt and I holding axes. It says Northern Fathers. Make sure you want to, you, you want to make sure to subscribe to that because we're going to start uh, pushing all of our podcasts through that, but it's easy to, uh, to access. Um, and again, it's called Northern Fathers. And again, props to Faith Booblets for designing the image. We are so excited for it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty funny. We received some cool feedback thus far. So 
It's great. I know you're landing the plane, but can I say one word about the oh, ratings? Oh, yeah. Go, you know what, hey, Father Matt? You're, you're in charge here. No, Let's I, be real. I, you know, typically, we've <laughs> lately been talking about the readings. And there's one line in the book from Wisdom today. It just says, God will take care of him. And so wherever we're at, um, we know that God will take care of us. And, and yet maybe the idea of indulgence is God wants to take care of us, but he might say, like, I need you to wash your hands. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need you to, you're going to participate in this. <laughs> And I'm going to take care of you. For 20 seconds straight. <laughs> Instead of 300 days, it's going to be wash your hands for 20 seconds. <laughs> 20 and, times a day. And, and, and know that I'm going to take care of you regardless of what happens. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thanks for, thanks for adding that in. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's very good. It's a little sprinkle at the end. I love it. I love it. Would you, lead, would you close this out sure. in prayer? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, you who are most generous Lord, we thank you for the gift of your church, the the body of Christ that continues to pour forth your saving grace. Lord, we we thank you for that gift, and you know how much we desire um, your healing, your love, your salvation that comes only from you. Lord, we desire to participate in that work, continue to guide us and show us how. Uh, And we lift up all those people throughout the world who are, are suffering at this time in all sorts of ways, but especially with COVID-19, coronavirus, and especially the prayer today with united with people throughout the world, pray for an end of this pandemic and for even more important that, that all would come to know your son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior. So we pray all glory be to the Father, Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world, world without end. end. Amen. Amen. In the Father, our Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining, guys. Take care.